You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Uh, this morning, I want to start a little bit differently. Um, there's just been a, a heaviness, and I know there's a heaviness uh, in our lives individually and there's just some things that we want to talk about. And this morning is an interesting morning for me because a lot of this, I'm just, uh, there's been a lot of emotion in this for me for several weeks. And the Lord has just, I, I just, I have no emotion. Um, and so I, I'm bringing this word to you absent any emotion just to bring it to you clearly. But I wanted to start uh, because I've existed in such a heaviness for the last uh, several weeks and especially the last several days. I'm just going to tell you some jokes. I'm just going to tell you jokes. This is my mic, and I'm up here, and you, you just have to take it, and you're going to laugh, okay? So I'm just going to introduce this time. I'm going to tell you some jokes. Got it? All right. All right. And if you don't laugh, I'll go home and feel worse. So <laughs> if you want me to feel better. I recognize this week that I stay up late every night and realize it's a bad idea every morning. There it is. I never told you they would be good jokes. I just told you they were jokes. I've never been held hostage, but I've been in a group text. (laughs) Meat is murder. Quick, let's eat the evidence. That was for you. When, when, When a woman says what, it's not because she didn't hear you. She's giving you a chance to change what you said. <laughs> mm-hmm. I burned 2,000 calories yesterday, and that's the last time I leave the brownies in the oven while I take a nap. <laughs> My favorite childhood memory is having energy. <laughs> if you'll go ahead and turn with me to Exodus 14... We're not going to start reading there, but just give you time to get there. But let me start by saying and introducing this morning that no one is responsible for your faith but you. There is not a pastor, there is not a church, there is not a friend that is responsible for your faith. It is your responsibility. And faith comes from great surrender and not great striving. Amen? Amen. It comes from great surrender. It comes from laying down what I want to take up the will of God. I've become increasingly aware of the moment that we have come to as uh, as a pastor individually, as a church collectively, as a city, as a state, as a country, as a world, a planet. I've recognized several things over the last few weeks. And the main thing is that we stand on the shore of very uncertain times. Very uncertain times. Everything that I thought to be certain, even little things, very little things, like buying feed for my animals, have those, even those things have become uncertain to where you have that, you can't just go to a store and buy things anymore. Saw a post uh, of... Uh, 
a, a mother that is looking for baby formula, a specific baby formula, can't find it. Drove over 400 miles to find this one thing so that her child can eat. We are, we are coming to a moment where there is not anything in our story but God that is certain. And that is not an easy place to be. It feels like for many of us that we are stuck between a rock and a hard place. And a better way of describing it and a way that I'll articulate it this morning as we go through this word is that we are standing between breakthrough or bondage. Where we can press into what God has or we can turn back and become slaves again. And it feels like if God doesn't move, it doesn't feel like I know for a fact. Feeling aside, like I said, I've got a lot of it feels like in this this morning and I've already told you I'm separate from emotion already. But it doesn't feel like I know if God does not move, we die. We die, we die as, a, as, a, as a community. We die as a state, country. If God does not move, there is no other solution than the movement of God, period. That's it. We have come to this place of complete and total dependency on him for everything. To the fact that I cannot feed the most, I can't feed a little kitty without putting thought into how I'm going to do that anymore. Things that were once taken for granted are no longer, and if God does not move, we die. The future, and I'm being honest with you this morning, the future looks impossible. I've been thinking a lot about it this, this week, especially, especially for my kids. And just remembering what I got to do when I was their age. And the, the world that I can remember when I was their age. And the world now. What will it look like when my sons are 30? That is a st- absolutely terrifying thought. Because if God does not move, oh my goodness, put us on a boat and let the boat sink. Because it's scary. It would be better to go to Jesus now. It's an easy place to go. Now don't... don't Thank little of me, but it, it would be better to go to Jesus now than to see what comes next. If we live in this doom and gloom mentality, it's, we can get really worried very quickly. And I know for many of us, myself included, we have been ready to give up several times in this season. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I don't. You have known this about me, and I said this. I could take you to where I was in Corpus Christi when I was... A senior in high school in a cafeteria of a school that we're staying in doing mission work after a hurricane and I told a pastor I do not want to be in ministry that has not changed I still do not want to be in ministry but he has called me into it and he has shown me this week and it has been humbling and it has been breathtaking But he has shown me, and this is for me to tell you, Jesus is either Lord of all or he is Lord, or he is not Lord at all. Jesus is either Lord of all in your life or he is not Lord at all. There is no in between. Jesus is not Lord kind of. He's either all of it or none of it. There is no in between. And he has shown me that we have also been spectators in the things of God for a long time. And I'm here to tell you, 
that our membership to the observation team is about to expire. We are no longer going to be permitted to be spectators in the things of God any longer. We are to be participants. Amen? Amen. But that is a scary place to find yourself. It's a wonderful place, but it's also scary. Jesus was an active participant in the things that God has for him, and he was in scary places all the time. Scary places. To the point where he would even say, and we'll come back to this, if it be your, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. But he was in such a place that he actually asked God, if it would please you to give this to somebody else, I would gladly give this up. He did not want to do what he had to do next, but he wanted the will of God more than he wanted his own preservation. In Exodus 14, verse 10, this is the crossing of the Red Sea. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what you said? Is what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. It would have been better for us to remain slaves than to be freed only to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. You have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of the Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between them and the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was a cloud and the darkness. And it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back. By a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And in the morning watch the Lord and the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptians forces and through the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. 
So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into the Lord through into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So how do we face uncertain times? How do we face our future? How do we see as God sees? Well, when did the Israelites begin to see the provision that God had provided for them? All they could see, they came to this moment and all they could see was an army pursuing them and a sea in front of them. That was all that they could see. But when they began to move, Again, you have to recognize they were not immediately there. They could just see the sea. And the Lord said, move forward. What other option do we have other than moving forward? We would say we have many other options. We can turn back. We can face the slavery and the bondage that pursues us. Lord said, move forward. And he protected them. He kept that army from catching up to them until they reached the sea. When they began to move, their perspective changed. And the blessing came when they moved. Their perspective of how how God would stop the enemy couldn't be seen even still until they passed through the water. It could not be seen, it could not be clearly understood until they passed through the water. But I guarantee there were still some that would have sought to in the midst of the presence of God that is separating, parting the water. They are walking on ground that is not meant to be walked on, would have still turned back to bondage. But we are meant to press in, press into blessing, press into provision, press into breakthrough. But not until they got to the other side could they see what God had intended. And how God would provide for them. And they watched a nation, a nation's army, be destroyed by the provision of God. Because he said and had called them out of Egypt. But how long did it take for them to be ready to turn to bondage when times got tough? They saw them in the distance. And they began to use sarcasm, which I thought we came up with. Were there not enough graves in Egypt that you would bring us out here to have us buried in the wilderness that we would die? It would have been better for us to remain slaves and live than to die in the wilderness. Their perspective changed when they began to move. And because they pressed into the breakthrough, they could see. So I have this question, how do we face, or how do we, yeah, how do we face our future? How do we face uncertain times? Because our only option is to move forward. And this is probably going to end up being a series unintentionally, so we're going to get real familiar with Exodus 14, but there's just a lot here, and I couldn't, I couldn't unpack it. I had a lot on my mind. I was up at the church for several hours yesterday. I just could not unpack all that is here. But the first thing, I know we must do is to face our future, we must face our fear. 
We have got to deal with fear. We cannot be a people whose life is influenced by fear. The decisions we make, the things we do, the things we don't do cannot be influenced by fear. And what I need us to recognize is that the spirit of fear must be acknowledged and it must be bound. You cannot just say, ah, okay, I won't be fearful anymore. It is a spirit that must be acknowledged and it must be bound in your life that it would be cast out, that you would go therefore with no fear. That fear would not influence your decisions. It would not have authority. This is what I'm saying. It would not have authority over your life. You're not going to walk outside and just run into everything without fear. Fear will always be introduced, but it's the fact that fear is actually making decisions for us that must change. I would rather stand still than step into what God has for me, although it may be uncertain. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I would rather turn back to an army that intends to kill me instead of step into the waters not knowing what God is going to do next. That is the fear that must be addressed. So I would ask you now to begin to acknowledge it in your own life. And then recognize this truth. God has not brought us here to die. God did not free them from hundreds of years of slavery that they would get a few miles away to be destroyed. And think of where God has brought this church specifically. I'm talking about this house now. He has not brought us here from 1938 to this day to die. He has not spoken the things that he has spoken that we would die. But the world would tell us we have come to our end. And I, at some moments, would tell you, this is it. It's bleak. I see a community, and I love our community, but I also see a community that does not want help that is offered. I see a people that we've actually come to this place where you could be kind to someone and they would be angry because you were nice. This is astounding to me. It finally reached here. We had our kids, our kids uh, uh, at sundown, they they would go on these senior trips and it was so funny when they would go to places like New York or California because they would, I mean, they're Texas gentlemen. I mean, sometimes. Turds most of the time. But, They would see a lady, I remember it. This is a true story. A young man opened a door for a lady and she cussed him out for for taking her power, for minimalizing her, for making her less than him. And he's 18. He's like, I'm not prepared for this. I'm not equipped. I used to think, oh, man, that's crazy. Those people over there, guess what? That's here. That's here that you could speak truth and people would reject it. But God has not brought us here. I have to tell myself this. God did not bring me out here to destroy my family. God did not bring me out here to be a pastor of a dying church. God did not bring me out here to be a pastor in a community that would wither and fade. That's not why he brought us here. And you are not here to be a part of something that is meant to die. But we have to position ourselves 
for the miracle. We have to change. We have to move. We have to put ourselves in the posture ready to receive what it is that God has for us. We can't hear what God says about this community and about this house and about us individually and just stand still where we are and think it's just going to happen. Our option is to move forward. If they had just stood still, thrown a little temper tantrum, no, I'm not moving until I get what I want, the enemy would have caught them and destroyed them in that place. Their only option, as God highlighted, move forward. And if we do not move, we will never find ourselves in the position to receive all that God has spoken. You want a city that looks more like the kingdom of God than it does anything else? Then get up and go. Because standing still will not bring it. Because you are not in the place where you can receive it. You must move. And change your position that we could understand more clearly what God is doing and how he's doing it. But at the same time, God has to come through. And we need to recognize that and take some of this off of our shoulders and recognize that this is his word at stake, not mine. This is his kingdom to build, not mine. I am his son, but he is the authority. I walk with him and I serve his will, not my own. This is his to do. Do I get to be a part of it? Yes. Will he use me as a vessel for it? Absolutely. But this is his word at stake, not my own. Because these words did not originate in us. He is our only option. For every little thing I am recognizing, I mean for the simplest, basic things that I never would concern God with because I thought this was not one of those things that you just even bother with, like cat food. He is my only option. Every cent that we have, it's like, I don't know how you're going to do this, God. You're our only option. In every little thing, he is asking for all of it, and he has become our only option, and he is meant to become yours. I'm just telling you right now, if he's doing it in me, he's coming for you. If he's making it to where he is my only option for tomorrow, He is making it that he will be your only option for tomorrow as well. He did not bring them to the water to be destroyed. But they had to press in to the breakthrough. Again, I've said this. Often we get to the water and instead of pressing into breakthrough, we would turn back to bondage. And I'm telling you today we are on the shore. And there is an army that has every intention of destroying us and returning us to bondage. And we will either turn and run back to it or we will step and press in. It is not a comfortable thing. We, I, love this, I love this story and I love thinking in my imagination and just dreaming of what that would look like to part a sea and walk on the bottom of this sea as there's a wall on either side of water. I mean, as tall as you can see, water, water wall. I don't know that even in that moment, seeing that, seeing Moses stretch out his staff in his hand and watching the waters part, that I would just be super amped to jump on in. Like, we look at that and we, you know, it's a cartoon story and it's really cool and we're like, oh man, that's so cool, that must have been awesome. I bet everyone was not wearing a dry tunic or whatever they wore. I would have wet myself in terror. Because also don't forget, these were the people that just said, this God has abandoned us. 
in the midst of, let's not forget, a pillar of fire before them and a cloud above them. And they're like, what are you doing, man? Thanks a lot. There's a pillar of fire. If I saw a pillar of fire, I would be terrified. And they got accustomed to that, so let's just part an ocean, walk through it. I'm telling you that first step on dry ground where there is meant to be water would have been just as hard as the steps that got them to the shore. Maybe even more so. Because what did they have to come to the understanding of when they set foot on that ground that is not meant to be dry? He is my only option. If he grows weary, I'm dead. If he changes his mind, I'm dead. They had to come to this place where they were completely and totally in the hand of God, their only option for life. That would have been a terrifying place. We must press in. And the pressing in doesn't have all these rainbows and this. It's not easy to do. And I'm telling you this right now that you're not shocked by it. And many of you, I'm telling you right now, we are in this place where we can press in or we can return back to bondage. And pressing in is not the easy option. We would think choosing God would be the easy option. Turning back to what you know is the easy option. Stepping into uncertainty and trusting God with everything is not the easy option. But it is the option that we were meant for. We were made for. We have been equipped for. We have been chosen for to step into the breakthrough that he has for us. So how do we face fear? The first thing that has been heavy on my heart, and the Lord is filtering through a lot of this, and it's going to take some time for me, but we must exchange our wants for his will. We must exchange our wants for his will. Matthew 26, 39, again, one of the most amazing passages displaying Jesus' humanity. Absolutely beautiful to recognize and to be able to just articulate that, okay, I get that to an extent. I've never been to that place where I know that somebody's about to torture me and kill me. But to see his humanity is such a, a wonderful reminder of who he is, who he was, and who he is to us. Because we say Jesus is perfect theology. He is our example of the life that we are meant for. And he came to a place where he did not want to do what God had for him. If you'll put it up on the screen, Zach. Matthew 26, 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Our Savior laid down his wants for God's will. He was saying, I don't want to do this, but not my will, your will be done. Something occurred in me. And recognizing that, that even when he was facing death, he still knew that the will of God was the safest place for him to be. And to be standing in the midst 
of wet ground that is now made dry and there's walls of water on either side, terrifying beyond word, but recognizing that I am in his will and this is the safest place. The breakthrough that he has for us is not going to be easy. It's not going to be necessarily fun all the time. I don't think that trip through that water with those walls on either side, I would not articulate that as a fun journey. I believe that that was probably one of the most uncomfortable things they have ever been through or experienced, and they were slaves. But it was glorious. And they did recognize who held their lives in, their, in his hands. They knew the glory of the God that they served in that moment. How they could forget it, I don't know. That's a different story. But how have we forgotten it? God has worked in power. And the breakthrough that is for us, I'm telling you right now, I don't think it's comfortable. And I know for a fact, and I can give testimony, that it is not very fun all the time. It hurts a lot. It is very difficult. But it is glorious. And I have learned that his will is the safest place for us to be. And we must be these people that are found standing and holding our peace. Peace is the most valuable asset in the world right now. Would you agree? Peace is the thing of all things that they need displayed from God in his heart. They need to know what it is, the peace that surpasses comprehension. It is the most valuable asset in the world right now. And you can do this. You can stand and hold your peace because he has called you. But we have to lean into provision. We have to take a step where the water used to be. We have to take a step off the shore. We have to move into the uncomfortable places. And we have to also recognize that if I'm going to stand and hold my peace, peace is not something that I just hope I find. Peace is practiced. It is practiced through regular surrender. Every step they took walking through that sea was a step of surrender. They had to. Every step was a step of surrender. And to stand and hold our peace, we must regularly surrender to God. Peace is practiced. We must stand, we must hold our peace, and allow him to reveal each and every step. And I want to speak to things that I know we've been dealing with this week. Despair. Despair will cast you down, and it will keep you from standing. Fear will tell you to retreat. And impatience will tell you to just do something, do anything. We see that a lot in our Christian culture today. Not patient to wait on God to highlight the steps that he has for us. And it's not like they were walking through that, that body of water slowly. I don't think they were just taking their time. There was probably a haste about them. I would be running because I'm not perfect. And I don't know if God's easily distracted. And I don't want him to forget that I'm down there. So I'm going to haul butt through that stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to sightsee. I mean, you can ask Sarah. The ocean is terrifying as it is. I, oh, yeah, come on now. Let's get it. I used to, I, I, it was my job 
to regularly spend time at the bottom of a 15-foot training pool and rescue people and help them when they're doing their little military drills or scuba divers and all that stuff. And I'd sit down there with nothing and just sit on the bottom and watch people. You put me in the ocean, it could be eight feet down. I, I tried to swim down. I think I got about six inches underwater. I was like, nope, 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 impossible. I can't do it. Something down there, I know it. Something's going to bite me, eat me, and I'm dead. <laughs> Terrifying. So all that to say, to articulate this point, I don't think this was a sightseeing trip. Because remember, this was not comfortable and this was not easy. And you tell me, is there any room in your head to comprehend what that event would have been? No way. Because water's not supposed to do that. Laws of physics say gravity wins on that deal. <laughs> and it didn't. Terrifying. All that to say, it was absolutely terrifying. It was absolutely uncomfortable. But the Lord had to highlight that step. They didn't come to the water and know what they were supposed to do there. He had to highlight the steps that were to be taken. And he has highlighted for us the steps that are to be taken. And he has parted the sea for us. So why are we still standing on the shore? Because that army is coming. We are meant to move. And if we don't have understanding, I promise there will be further understanding the more you move into the breakthrough God has for you. If you stand still, there is no understanding. Because your perspective will never be correct. If you move, your perspective changes. We do this all the time. If we're looking at something, if we're trying to figure out a project, we're looking at it, what do we start to do? Start to move around it. Change our perspective. Allow us to see a new angle. And movement provides that. He has called us to stand firm on the words that he has spoken over this house and those that fill it. He has called us to be He has called us to be the church that doesn't stand on the shore with our enemies coming at our backs. He has called us to be a place that would not be those that are easily turned back into bondage. He has anointed us to be a people, a city, a body of believers that instead of turning back to what is comfortable, we would step into the most uncomfortable thing. And that is the will of God for our lives. And there is not an ounce of this that is comfortable. Get that out of your head. There will be, there will be fun in this. I guarantee there were some fun stories being had that night as they began to reflect on the fact that their oppressors were just destroyed by bodies of water that they walked through. There was joy in that camp. But it was not comfortable. Because they now had an understanding of the God that they served and the God that had called them His people. They had been claimed by this God. That was probably not very comfortable. And it's not meant to be for us. So will we turn back to bondage or will we lean into provision? Knowing that the only way to see through these uncertain times is to move in the direction He has told us to move. It is time to move. For our time of observation has expired and this Jesus has said, 
move. And he is either Lord of all to you and to us, or he is not Lord at all. There is no other option. And it is time for us to move. But I'm just giving you a heads up right now. It's not going to be comfortable, and it's not always going to be fun. I'm telling you right now, I am in a season of incredible discomfort. But I would much rather step into breakthrough than bondage. I know what awaits me back there. I don't want any more of it. But that doesn't mean that each step that I take into provision is going to be easy, is going to be fun, is going to be comfortable. But I know it will be glorious because God is in it. So you have been warned. But it is time for us to move. It is time for us to change our perspective, to have an understanding of God that can only be grasped when we move into what he's called us into. To be those that are willing to pray out loud walking around the streets. If he's called you into it, that will not be fun. I'm telling you right now, it is not fun. But he is asking for your dignity. He's asking for your hopes. He's asking for your dreams. Because what he has to do here, he has no time to mess with if you're embarrassed or not. He has no time. There are more important things to be done. And I love that Jay shared that testimony this morning of what has come from a little discomfort. What has come from a little discomfort? You said 18 people? 10 people? I mean, yeah, well, yeah, there's, there's at least 18 people that love the Lord there. 10 people from, an, from another place are the fruit of a little discomfort. And our cities are blessed. Our cities are being changed because someone was willing to step into a place of impossibility. This was impossible ground that those Israelites found themselves on. It was impossible ground. It was ground not meant for man. But what did God say he was going to do? Several weeks ago, he said, I will create doors for you to walk through where there were no doors. That sounds like a path that he created for Israelites where there was no path. No one would come to the ocean and see a clear path of dry ground that they can walk on. God created the path where there was no path, and he is willing to create the path where there is no path for you if you are willing to move. So I'm asking you this morning, do you want bondage or do you want breakthrough? Do you want the presence of God and all that it comes with it? Will you choose his will no matter the cost to you? That's where I find myself right now. I want to say yes, but I can't say yes in fullness yet because there are things that I want that the Lord is still having to pry out of my hands. I'll just be real honest. This is not just something you just, yep, sweet. And just go frolicking through your day. I am, this is very calculated, is what I'm saying. To say that I want more of you at any cost. But I'm telling you right now, I know for a fact I was meant for more than what I've seen. 
I am meant for more of God than what I have seen so far. But I also recognize that there is a cost that is coming if I want him at any cost. He collects on his debts. So it's calculated. It's not something I rush into. And I would encourage you not to rush into it. But if we could be a people that can truly say, I want, I want you at any cost, we will see breakthrough like we have never imagined. And we will see a community that is broken, transformed. Because we didn't count the cost. We did not care. I just wanted God. But that is where we are. We either step into that or we turn back to bondage. It's either more of him at any cost. More of him at any cost. Or it's slavery. That's where we're at. It's black and white. And we are in uncertain times. And so I would just ask you to join me in that place. And don't rush into that place, but I would ask you to truly place yourself before God and say, do I really want you at any cost? And begin to work through that with the Lord because we have got to be these people that want God at any cost to us. If it is His will that I would, He would take everything from me to have more of Him let it be. He would take my family, my friends, the breath in my lungs to have more of him than let it be. And that is not an easy prayer to pray. That is not an easy conversation to have. But I'm telling you, if we want to see breakthrough, that is the place we must find ourselves in. More of God at any cost. And it's not all doom and gloom. It's heavy. And I knew this morning would be heavy, and that's why I started with jokes to trick you. To make you think it would be lighthearted, but this is heavy because the weight of the world hangs in the balance of our decision. And I just have no interest in just doing church, I have no interest in just a routine. I have no interest in just having individual ministries and doing fun events. I don't care. If more of God is not obtained in it, I don't want it. So I'd ask us to, to come to that place together. I think it's appropriate, the numbers that we have here this morning. I think it's appropriate. I've been listening to uh, just pastors that I trust. That Some of them I know, some of them I don't. But I trust their heart and I trust their ministry and I trust the words that they speak are from the heart of God and I, I know that they're for me. And there are churches, we, we would think that we're the only church that's hurting. The only church that's got a lot of empty seats. But there are churches that have had thousands of people in them that are down to a few hundred. Churches that have had hundreds and hundreds of people that are down to double digits. But the Lord is calling. He is calling us as a 
collective body, not just those here in Sundown, but those in California, those in Iowa, those people everywhere. He is calling us to step into this, that I want more of him at any cost, that a baptism of fire could be released upon this earth because the children of God want him at any cost to them. And it's just so encouraging to hear these pastors that are in different places. And uh, again, several of them that I do not know and I have never met and they are nowhere near me. I'm not going to come in contact with them. But they are articulating the same thing in our heart. They are speaking of the same breakthrough. They are speaking of the same place that we find ourselves in of uncertain times. All that to say we are not the only Christians in difficult times. But the Lord is calling us as a collective body to step into a place, step onto a path that is impossible, that should not exist, but God is creating. And it will be uncomfortable and it will not always be fun, but it will end with more of him. And if that's the cost, let it be. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.